welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Kluber. This week we are going to be looking at the case of the Crown on the application of Pierce and Parole Board for England and Wales. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 13. And this week our case examines the role of the Parole Board, a subject that has been in the legal news a fair bit recently because of the actions of Dominic Raab. In case you are not aware, the Parole Board is in charge of deciding whether prisoners should be allowed to be released early before they complete their full sentence. They may do this if they are happy that the prisoner no longer presents a risk to the public, as per Section 28.6b of the Crimes Sentences Act 1997. Obviously, that is quite a broad question, and back in 2019, the Parole Board issued its Guidance on Allegations, which sets out the approach that ought to be taken when allegations are made about a prisoner beyond the offences for which they were formally convicted. When we are dealing with allegations, then these might be things that have not actually been proven or disproven on the balance of probabilities, but might still play a part of any risk analysis. The official guidance requires the board to quote, make an assessment of the allegation to decide whether and how to take it into account, end quote. It then goes on to say, quote, in cases where there is a mere allegation without any factual basis, or the allegation is not relevant to the question of risk, it should be disregarded, end quote. Let's try and put all of this into some context with the help of our respondent in this case, Mr. Pierce. Back in 2010, he was sentenced to imprisonment for a minimum of three and a half years following conviction for sexual assaults. The parole board reviewed his status in 2019 and refused to allow Pierce to be released because of a number of other allegations of sexual assault and also how Pierce responded to those allegations when he was questioned about them. Pierce challenged that decision and the guidance in general when he sought a judicial review. He argued that if an allegation is not found to be a fact, then it is necessarily a non-fact and is not something that the parole board should consider when making its decision. The High Court dismissed that claim, and while the Court of Appeal did find that the part of the guidance relating to unproven allegations was unlawful, it still said that the decision not to release Pierce was reasonable based on the facts of the case. Despite that decision in favour of the Parole Board, it still appealed to the Supreme Court in relation to the lawfulness of the guidance, and that is where we pick things up. One of the first things that the justices picked up on was the idea of a distinction between a fact and a non-fact raised by Pierce in his arguments. They rejected such a binary distinction, and noted that in civil proceedings it is only the facts that are specifically an issue in the case that must be established on the balance of probabilities. Other allegations may still be useful evidence and can form part of the broader picture when it comes to assessing the actual facts in issue. The Parole Board is able to assess the risk that a prisoner poses to the public without every single fact or allegation being proven. Moving on, and while the Supreme Court did agree that the Parole Board must have regard to procedural fairness in its proceedings, that requirement of fairness does not mean that it should only be able to consider proven facts to the absence of all other evidence. 
In the end, then, the Supreme Court did find in favour of the parole board, but the justices did nevertheless suggest that it revisits its guidance in the light of this decision. In particular, if an allegation could impact on the decision of the parole board, then the guidance should make it clear that it is the task of that body to establish the facts as best it can. When it is simply not possible to establish the facts, then an allegation can still be taken into account and given due weight based on the information that is available. When that happens, an oral hearing may be required to inquire into any explanations or mitigations, or to consider how material the allegations should be to the overall decision. That hearing should also offer the prisoner the chance to express their take on the allegation, as well as how much weight they feel it should be given in terms of the overall decision. These allegations may ultimately mean that the parole board decides that it is not safe to release the prisoner. It is not difficult to imagine a situation where the number and nature of allegations from a range of sources means that the board justifiably concludes that the prisoner's course of conduct presents a risk even if none of the allegations are specifically proven. Alternatively, a serious allegation may not be proven on the balance of probabilities, but there is nevertheless a significant chance that it is true. In that situation, the board may still be justified in denying the prisoner's release. Ultimately, the test is based on the public law test of rationality. Now, one of the most interesting things about this decision by the Supreme Court is that it was then cited later on that very same day by the High Court in the case of the Crown on the application of Bailey and Morris and Secretary of State for Justice. The two cases are not directly related, but the Supreme Court decision was used to highlight the fact, pointed out by Lord Hodge and Lord Hughes, that, quote, the parole board acts judicially and as a body independent of the executive, end quote. That sounds like an obvious point to make, but it seems like Dominic Raab needed reminding, as I wrote about in a piece for my paid newsletter subscribers last week. And as always, you can support the podcast and get up-to-date content by becoming a subscriber yourself at uklawweekly.substack.com. That's uklawweekly.substack.com. Raab had previously made a rule that prohibited prison and probation staff from recommending that a prisoner is suitable for release or can be moved to more open conditions. That rule, combined with the Supreme Court's point that the parole board is an independent and judicial body, led the High Court to the conclusion that the rule was, quote, an impermissible interference with a judicial process, end quote. In fact, the interference is so bad that judges are now considering whether the minister's actions amount to contempt of court. This was always about control. The positive aim of the rule was to ensure a consistent approach from the Ministry of Justice, but the court previously found that the real aim was to suppress information and evidence that contradicted the view taken by Raab. Other viewpoints were not permissible, and the political aims of suppressing the number of prisoners being released took priority over the aims of justice, which was to gather all of the available evidence and render a fair decision based on the facts. To the extent that the two decisions are related, this is where they overlap. Courts and other judicial bodies like the Parole Board are doing their best to make good and correct judgments, 
but they are increasingly facing political obstacles like the changes to rules and guidance seen in these cases. When the courts are having to make rulings simply to allow witnesses to give evidence, then something is seriously wrong. Well, thank you very much for listening to the podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. As I mentioned during the conclusion to this episode, if you want to support the podcast, then the best way to do this is to subscribe to the newsletter. There are free monthly and yearly subscription options available for you. Um, Check out the link in the description to this podcast episode, uh, and I'll post something there. Alternatively, you can support my work by watching my videos on YouTube. They are designed for law students on the LLB, and then I also have some videos on Gumroad that cover optional modules like employment law, family law, and commercial law for a very reasonable price. Even if you aren't interested in any of that, then honestly, just the fact that you have made it this far into the podcast means so much. If you can leave a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice, then that also helps other people to find this content as well. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!